The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Hi, everybody. I'm coming to you live today from Flagstaff, Arizona. Ty and I are well into our four-month trip around the country this year, and we're settled in here for a couple of weeks. It's kind of strange to be in uh, the Pacific time zone. I'm normally doing this show later in the day, but I'm just so thrilled to be sharing with my guest today. Her name is Ingrid Honkala, and I met Ingrid at the IANS conference last year in Pennsylvania. And I meet lots of people, and I love everybody. Yet when I looked Ingrid in the eyes and she looked into my eyes, there was this recognition at a soul level that I honestly don't feel often enough. And we sat and we talked and it was as if we've known each other forever. And mm. we just both know <laughs> that we we're, we all know each other as souls at another level, but uh, it's that just that depth of awareness that she has and that she brings to everybody she meets. Her, her website says that she's a giver of light and we're going through some dark times now as a species, all of humanity, so we need givers of light. Ingrid, I'd like to welcome you to the show and welcome your light to share with everyone. Oh, it's such an honor and, and such a blessing. I'm so happy to be here and and so, so grateful that life just brought us together, put us in that conference, then we can share our light together. Oh, it's it's an honor to have you here. Uh, Ingrid has a, a bit of an accent, if you might have noticed. She was born in Colombia, and the reason that she was at the IANS conference is because she had a near-death experience at age two, which I'm going to ask you in a minute to share with us, Ingrid, but it's just you have just dedicated your life to helping others, and yet you have a Ph.D. in science. Tell us about your your a little bit of your background, and then tell us about your NDE, okay? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I decided to become a, a marine scientist since I was very young, Susan. I was actually four years old when my parents brought me to see the ocean, and I was like, oh, mesmerized by it. And I decided when I was five, I told my dad, when I grow up, I'm going to be a marine scientist. <laughs> and that's what I did. 
<laughs> so that that was amazing. And another thing that I will talk about it, but is that my new that experience actually happened because I drowned. So people That's ask the me how thing, to everybody. Here's this. A marine biologist at age five, she knows she's going to do this, yet she she crossed to the other side and returned to tell about it after nearly drowning. So why don't you just, uh, no pun intended, dive right into that story. Yes, yes. But before just going there, it's, it's amazing because people ask me that. How could you become a, a marine scientist after drowning? And I said, because actually drowning brought me to see the light. So this is how the story goes. I, I was close to three years old, and I was here yeah, living in Colombia in Bogota with my parents and my sisters. And uh, at the time, it was very normal in Colombia to have uh, a maid, and she would live in the house with the family. And my parents, both of my parents worked, and they would leave us with her. But she was a lady that when my parents were not at home, she really didn't pay attention to what we were doing. So early, early one morning, they left for work, and they left us there with her, and she went to back to her room. And my oldest sister, who was close to four years old, and I decided, oh, let's go play. And back in, in, in this house, uh, there was a patio at the back of the house, and in a corner of this patio, there was a tank. And the purpose of this tank was for hand washing clothes. So back then, we didn't have a washing machine. So this was a, a big tank that had like a flat surface next to the tank for just the scrubbing. And this tank held about 900 gallons of water. My sister and I saw the tank, saw a bowl, in the patio and decided, oh, let's play cash across the tank. And that age, who's thinking about any danger? Let's just have fun. We climbed the, the walls of the tank. This tank was big, Susan. It was about 900 gallons of water. And the thing is that there's, there's another thing I always like to add because it's important what happened. And it was that uh, People have the idea that because I was born in Colombia, I come from hot weather country. But Bogota is high up in the Andes. So mm. the temperature up there very early in the morning could be around like, wow, like 30, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So, yeah, so the water... Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because we're in Flagstaff at 7,000 feet, and it's in the 40s at night here already. Yeah. Yes, yes. So it was like, oh no, the temperature in that tank was pretty cold. But that was one of the, the, the things that was important to or pretty much save my life. Then that was the thing. We were playing with the ball and having fun. And my sister threw the ball. She sat on the flat surface next to the tank, so she was a little safer. I went to the other side, so there was a, a thin edge, and I just bended my knees, and I was leaning very precariously there, but I was just, like I said, having fun. So she threw the ball at me. She didn't apply enough force, and the ball fell on the water, and it was floating. And when I leaned forward thinking I could grab it, the moment I touched the ball, it rolled, and yeah. I fell. I lost my balance, and I fell in the tank. And wow, so that was the first feeling. The water was pretty cold. 
and it was that sense of like <gasps> and after that Susan came the feeling what is going on I cannot breathe at that age I had never been in a pool we didn't have, have a bathtub so I didn't know that if you fall into water you drown mm. so of course the shock the surprise what I cannot breathe and then I, I'm trying to just move my body to get out of this tank, but oh, I didn't know how to swim. I didn't know anything. So my sister is there trying to help me, but she's too little too, and I just sank. And it was this imagine this sense of absolute terror. And Susan, in just a blink, I went from this state of horror Oh my God, I wish wanting to breathe to one of absolute and complete peace. That <sighs> is such an important point because I talk to so many people every day whose loved ones pass and there must have been panic or terror in some of these passings. And to know that just like that, you went from one end of the spectrum to the other. Just like that, Susan, and it was like everything was gone any sense of fear any sense of pain any sense of terror everything was gone and i was in this space of absolute well-being i felt peace and i felt calm and and there's another thing i experienced that and and that's one of the reasons when people ask me how it's possible you remember this i said the contrast i experienced was so enormous that is impossible to forget. So mm. one of the points of contrast is that I live in a house that was very noisy with sisters, dogs, cousins, all, all the noise. And another thing, right before I was in the state of well-being, right before that, when I was in the terror, of course, imagine the heart. It was like I felt it in my head, beating like a drum, boom, boom, boom. And when I went into the state of peace, the sound, the noise was gone. Hmm. It was like absolute stillness, calmness. And I, I what I call the silence behind the silence, Susan. I like that. And, and later in my life, I craved that silence. I wanted to be in that silence. Then... That was one of the big contrasts. The other one is the last thing I saw with my eyes opening the tank, trying to get out of it, was the darkness of the space. Because this was a deep tank made entirely of cement. It had a roof, so it was a very dark space. So I'm in this space of darkness. And once I went to the state of peace, there was a light that came from below. And this mm. light, I said, is like the light of a candle that was soft enough, but it was bright enough to illuminate my whole watery surrounding. And then now I was, oh, there's light. So now I'm in this space of, wow, and I started to see bubbles in the water. And these bubbles were surrounded by light. And it was by chasing these bubbles and being in that state of like wonder, like, wow, this is so cool, that I turned around and then I saw a body suspended in the water. And mm. the, the eyes were open 
And when I saw this body, immediately I knew that that was my body. Hmm. And it was this sense of like, yeah, like, wow, that's me. But it wasn't, there was no fear. And it was the sense of familiarity, the sense of like, oh, this is okay. This happened already in the in the life of, I, I would just say, the Colonel Ingrid. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh, this is normal. And then I saw his body there, but it comes the other big contrast. That is when we ask ourselves, like, why a baby, why a little one can be born sick? Why is this happening? And that was presented to me, and, and, and I understood why over time, but it was to offer big contrast to. I was born as a very sick child. I spent the first three, almost three years of my life being very, very unwell. And guess what, Susan? I was experiencing absolute well-being. I That's never knew contrast. I was to feel this way. Yes. Then... Mm. I never knew how I was to feel well because for almost three years I was always sick. Mm. So when I look at that body, what do you think? I, I was like, oh no, I'm not going back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Why I want to be there? Then it, at that moment I turned around and I left the body behind. And once I left the body, I started to see flowers that were blooming from nowhere. And the, the, the idea or the sense of dimension disappeared and then I was picked up by the flowers. And I started to be just like carried by these flowers. And I, I, I said to people, this was the sense like, I went back to the womb, like the sense of like, you're not doing anything, you're just being gone nothing to do, nothing to care for, nothing to wish for, just like, oh, this is good, instead of absolutely. <laughs> and it comes the part that is extremely interesting in all these things. I mean, all, all of it is, but this is really interesting because it's when in just like a flash, in just a blink, I appear in the maid's room and she was uh -huh. lying on her bed and I appear in her room like floating, like like if I, I, I am like in the ceiling and I'm looking at her from above and I'm just thinking like, oh, that's Maria. And I, <laughs> listen, this experience is so incredible, so real, so clear that I can even remember the soap opera she was listening in the radio. <laughs> and she was completely unaware that I was what was happening to, to me. So in just a flash again, just boom, I appeared in my mom's path. And she was on her way to work, like I said. She didn't have a car, she had to walk. And this was a big neighborhood, so she had to walk about 10 minutes to go to her bus stop. And she was close to, to her bus stop when I appeared and thing in, on her, in her path and I'm, floating above, and I looked at her, and I said, oh, that's mom. Mm. Susan, at that precise moment, she stopped. She did not hesitate. She did not even give a step. She, she stopped, and she knew that something was happening at home with one of her babies. I'm covered and with goosebumps. Yeah. That, that's incredible. 
incredible that connection and, and, and she turned around and she started to run back home. Mm. And wow. at that moment I saw her and I'm like, oh, it was like, I just saw mom running and then I got distracted by the realization that wherever I put my mind, I could go. And I started to play all this game of going places, the time and space had vanished and I could just look at dog and be there, be in the park, be everywhere. So I'm playing this game, having fun. And again, like everything in this experience, in just a second, I appear in a realm that was made of pure, bright, intense, shiny light. <gasps> Oh, God, Susan, this was the first time in the three years of, almost three years of my life that I felt that I was home. It was the sense of like, oh, this feels so good. Like I was being welcomed. I didn't see anybody, didn't hear anybody, but it was that sense of, oh, I uh, had a long day of school or whatever. I am home. It didn't even feel like three years. It just felt like I'm just back. And then it was at that moment, although I saw my body suspended in the water, up to that point, I didn't have the realization of what truly had happened. I didn't have the realization that I was not that persona. And then it's when I realized myself as a being of light. And I had this sense that I was pretty much like dissolving with the whole. I was becoming one with the whole. Ah, it was this absolute sense of, of peace. And and from there, it, it went just farther. I went to experience what I call the state of non-self or what I call nothingness. And it's funny when people ask me what nothing means, I said, the moment I tell you, it becomes something. That's right. So it, I really, really only can be experienced, Susan. And, and people also feel fearful about this word nothingness. And I said, no, no, it's that nothingness that at, at the same time encompasses everything. It's a, I, I it's a paradox because it's a fullness at the same time, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And it's, and it's nothing that can be described, nothing that can be characterized, there's, there's no color, there's no form, there's no meaning, there's no feeling, but, but at the same time, like you said, it's the fullness. It, I, the only thing I could say is the state of absolute presence and pure consciousness. Mm -hmm. And from there, my mom finally arrived home while I am this, in this state of bliss, and, and she get home. And this is the other incredible thing. This was a big house and she knew exactly where to go because if she wastes more time or something, I, I guess, yeah, the physical body maybe would not have make it. So she ran to this patio. She, my oldest sister was there. Later in life, I learned that her purpose there was to show my mom that I was for sure in this time. Well, and she told my mom, Ingrid is there and I cannot get hurt. She also remembers the experience with the complete clarity. Mm. And then my mom got me out of the tank. And this is the, like, everything is so amazing because we don't see these things in life. How everything is, is working so incredibly in, in, in just the flow of perfection. She knew CPR because she worked 
with children. So she was trained to do CPR for children. So she mm. knew what to do. She, she said that when she got me out of the water, I was like a raggedy doll. No pulse, no breathing. I was completely pale, blue nails. I was, she said I was just dead. Yeah. And then she started to do all she knew to revive me. And in the meantime, Susan, I was so disconnected from this realm, so disconnected from this reality that I did not feel anything. It was no concept of Ingrid. Ingrid was gone. And then I felt like I had jumped from the tallest building in the world. And there was nothing I could do, Susan. I was like pretty much like in the state of resistance. No! And I felt like I was being vacuumed back, pulled back. And that's when I just realized I was back when all the feelings of coldness and and the, the, the pain of the body and feeling trapped and the cold, everything was back. And oh gosh, if I was no happy, Susan, no happy. I guess not after that. You know, I, I always like to listen, Ingrid, to the show through the ears of, of my wonderful community that listens. And I feel some of them saying, but where are the loved ones that, that are there to greet you? And, and what do you mean you forgot your family? But I just feel like you, your journey, everybody's is different, was enough to show us this bliss. And I'm sure that you would have opened up to other experiences had your mother not saved you at that moment but the the greatest thing that I take from your experience is this utter peace and no suffering yes yes and and I think that I don't know I guess I was so young and I I didn't have the sense of attachment mm -hmm. Susan much and, and like you said I, I would have been open to other experiences <laughs> like, yeah like like I think and, and all of us are sent to the life of each other, or I guess we pre-plan all these for different purposes of growing. And so, in this case, I have to come back. <laughs> so I'm curious if your health improved after that. Actually, you said you'd been very, very sick not. for three years. No, it, it went worse because when I came back, Susan, I did not want to be here. So I, I, what happened is I came back with an awareness I did not have before. Even though people say you were so young to really have a personality, I mean, it's not true. I, I have uh, my son, I learned when he was three years old, like I said, I was almost three, was like, oh my God, this boy already has all these personalities. So maybe didn't have the awareness of knowing I die, any of that, but I came back and when I looked at my parents, I had the clarity, these are not just my parents, they are my equal. I had experienced huh. a state of oneness. So I looked at my body and I have this absolute awareness, I am not this baby. I am huh. not this body. And then since I was a child, I never felt that I was a child again throughout the rest of my, I, I didn't feel I was a child to the point that I will be with other children and say, what is with these people? They don't know anything. What is going on? And right after, not, not long after my near death, I, I started to have um, all these abilities. I could read and write. I could resolve mathematical problems. I could put together complex, complex puzzles. So it was like, wow, what is with this child? 
Ah. And I would look at myself in the mirror and I would go to my mom and say, you don't understand. This is not me. And oh. what am I? I should not be here. This is not my name. So I stopped eating. I started stop like no communicating. I was angry. And I didn't have the language or, or the, the way to explain what was happening because the people around me didn't have any clue at the time. Imagine early 70s, this concept about near-death experience, nobody knew nothing that could anybody use to help me. Yeah. Then, then it, it was very hard. It was very hard for my parents, but um, I guess this was the path. I have to follow and the help that I needed in my case for, for my experience came in an incredible, miraculous way. I I started a, a communication. First, I started to have what is called out-of-body experiences nowadays. Back then, they didn't. I, there was no terminology for that, I guess. But I started to feel the sense that when I went to sleep, I was going through all these Oh gosh, like changes in color, vibration, movement. It was actually kind of quite like shocking. But I was going back to the realm of the light. And I was like, wow, this feels good. This feels good. And then I started in one of these journeys. One day I was surrounded by the starlight figures. And in another journey, one of these figures, one of these, uh, it was shining in gold. It, transform itself into a human form and it, it approached me and, and touched me and it's when I of course saw this being and I had realized myself as a being of light when I saw it I'm like oh you are a being of light and then it's when I started to, to see what I call beings of light and, and it, it was incredible because that's what started to bring peace into my life I just love the when you talk home. about the, the beings of light, and I'm reminded of the, the channeled piece that I have called The Journey of Remembrance, and they say, do you remember when we walked as one, your fellow lights? And you, you've known them now most of your life, and it's just beautiful because yes. you rely on them. And, and we're going to talk more about that in the second half of the show, Ingrid. We're we're about at the bottom of the hour already, but if you've joined us late, we're talking to Ingrid Honkala. She is a scientist who learned to hear her inner wisdom after a near-death experience at a very young age. Her book is called A Brightly Guided Life, and it's just so full of wisdom about how to listen to our own inner guidance. We have 15 seconds before the break, Ingrid. Do we all have beings of light around us? We all do, yes, yes. We just have to learn to tune and connect. That's right. So let's talk yes. about that when we come back. Ingrid, I'm just loving this. The energy is off the charts. So everybody, come on back after the break, and we'll continue. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, 
a weekend workshop May 24th to 26 at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Well, hi, everybody. I am so loving Ingrid's energy. I hope you're soaking it up as well. I have to tell you that as Chai and I were traveling west across the country, we were passing through Mississippi, and I knew I remembered that Ingrid lives there. So I emailed her, and she said, where are you going to be? And I said, Tupelo. She says, oh, that's only four hours away. I'll come up there with my husband and my son. And I thought, what, really? So they came up for the whole day, drove four hours, got up really early in the morning, and I thought, oh, you know, Poor Ty, I have all these friends who are really spiritual, and we're going to have a whole day of talking spiritual things. And in comes Ingrid with her husband, Mike, and he looks like G.I. Joe. And he, he, <laughs> he owns and runs a combat training academy. He and Ty sat off to the side talking guy stuff, warrior stuff all day, and I was like, thank you, God. What a gift. And what a gift our husbands are to us, aren't they, Ingrid? They keep us grounded, or I think we'd just float away, oh, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, yes. Thank God. We will be flying somewhere, Susan, in the and sky. And just blessed. <laughs> I could tell you love your husband as much as I do and vice versa from them. And it's just, it's perfect. The, the yin and the yang and the oneness all in one. So I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here. You were talking about the beings of light who you started seeing after your near-death experience and how they helped you. Yes, yes, and oh, that that's incredible, Susan, because at the beginning I was just seeing them, like I was mentioning in these out-of-body experiences, but there was a moment in which I wanted to keep sleeping, and this is really, really important because I um, we have to experience balance. And what happened is I couldn't be the child that is left forever. So balance has to happen. And then one day I was taking a shower. I was four years old. And then I was so relaxed there when a beam of light, shining, giant, blue, bright, appeared in the bathroom. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, now the beams of light are here. Huh. And it's when I actually started to really, really feel. And I understood later, Susan, that what this man what this wanted to tell me is that home is not a place. Home is a state of being. Yes. So, of course, they started to appear here, and now I'm feeling, I'm feeling well. They didn't do or say anything, but just their presence was enough for me to start talking more, eating more playing with my sisters, it was the state of well-being. So see, I didn't have to be asleep, I didn't have to be in an auto body, in an ear that I was here, and I was in that well-being. So and that that's an, an, an incredible teaching. 
but you continue to see them. I'm so envious. We were, when we were hiking in Mississippi together, and you 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 don't see them all the time, but you see them as literally light beings. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. So they continue, yeah, being part part of of, of my life, and I see them shining around children around uh, there's different different beings of light uh, shining different colors and, and it's amazing it all depends it, it, it's tied together with our vibrational frequency and, and what we are needing at the moment so this is this is really beautiful they're available for everyone people ask me how you summon them or how they summon you and i said no 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 it's nothing like that I said, if you think about it, all the radio waves, all the TV waves, all the internet waves, all the waves, everything is here and now. If we use the analogy of the waves and us being like a radio, we just have to learn to tune our radio. If we are dialed in the right place to catch what we want to be connected with. So basically, for those of you who are, are thinking that this is separate from guides, these are, she's talking about guides and angels, but Inger calls them beings of light. And all the, the times that we've talked about connecting with your guides through intention, through belief, it all applies, right, Ingrid? Yes. Yes. So yeah. it's amazing because later in life, just, just to, to give an example and, and to talk about more about who are these beings so light? Oh, I call them beings so light because I was really little, and that was that was what crossed my mind. You are a being that is shining. You are a being of light. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I, I saw them. But later in my life, my mom was the first person that actually validated this because at the beginning it was like, oh, people have the tendency not to believe children. But I started to paint them everywhere, and I started to paint auras everywhere. It was the teacher at a school that asked, what are these, like the sun, the stars? And I said, no, these are my friends, the beings of light. They called my mom because they thought I was having imaginary friends. And the story is all in the book. But it's when she said to me later in front of the teacher, she pretty much made me the, the, mom, the mom eyes, like, don't say more. And later my mom revealed to me that she could see what is called spirit. Hmm. I didn't know what spirits were. Later, when I was six years old, I started to see spirits too. So now I learned the difference. And it's when I told my mom, 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 no, the spirits and the beings of light are not the same. And my mom was like, so what is that you see? And when I explained with more detail, she was crying. She said, I think you see angels. Hmm. Then I was really surprised and I said mom but they don't have wings like in the pictures so it was when uh, my mom said they have to be your guardian angels because all we knew was that I was raised as Catholic that's all we knew and sure. then later I because I already been communicating with the beings of life for a couple of years I asked them first I asked them what is this spirit because the spirit caused me fear and they said no no the fear comes because of, of, of now I understand later the, the different in vibrational frequency. But they said, I thought the answer was going to be, yeah, the spirits and us were different, you're different. And no, the answer was beautiful, Susan. They said, that that you call a spirit, you, us, we are all the same. Yeah. The only difference 
is the level of awareness you have about who you truly are. Yeah, so and the then, spirits that your mom was seeing would be people in human form who no longer were in their body, the type that a medium communicates with at a different frequency from this higher vibration of the pure lights that you're seeing. Exactly, because I was little and I didn't know that difference in vibration, then the, the spirits caused me fear, but it was nothing to do with. So once I understood, oh, I get it. And the other thing was I asked them, like, my mom says that your angels is that what you are and that was oh my god the answer was amazing susan because it's when we see how compassionate how given the universe is oh, it's so beautiful it's, it's when they said to me oh no we are what you want us to be hmm. so is the universe presenting to us in the way we can understand it we can digest it we can go with it flow with it so that was so precious. Later in my life, when I learned about Ascended Masters, I asked the same, are you Ascended Masters? And the answer was very similar. We're all the same. Again, the difference is how, much, how where you are about who you are, and we present to you as you grow up in the level, according to your consciousness, and you start dialing to higher levels of vibration. That's what happens. So you start connecting with different beings at different levels. I love this. The message that I got this morning from my guide, Sanaya, I get them every day, as you know, was all about how we're all equal. And this is what they're talking about. They're not just talking about at our human level and diversity here. They're talking about we're all love. This light is that connection that you're talking about. Yes. And when I asked them, like, what is the difference then? They said the level of awareness, the level of experience, because when you experience, you in, in reality, the, the, when I ask the beings of life, what is the purpose of time and experience? They say the purpose of time and experience is to help you remember who you truly are. Once you yeah. completely realize yourself, then it's not needed anymore. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you experience that total oneness in your near-death experience. Now you're talking about fear and your book, which, by the way, remind everybody, A Brightly Guided Life is Ingrid's beautiful book. It's so full of wonderful stories. And the one that struck me so much, and we, you recounted it to me a couple weeks ago when we were together. Tell everybody the story about that fearful moment when you were with a boyfriend and you were nearly assaulted. Oh, wow. Yes, Susan, that, that was, oh gosh, that was incredible because it's when we realized that Wow, is there really is there really an enemy? So the story goes in which I I went with this boyfriend to the beach and this is this is incredible the con the contrast that life is offering because the place was amazing this was like a paradise beach it was beautiful and we went uh, snorkeling and we were this place had like little coasts like it was a small. Every beach was small, surrounded by cliffs. So to go from one beach to another, you have to kind of cross these rocks and go a little bit in the water. So it was kind of like a complex um, kind of a, um, a, a environment, landscape. So we crossed a few of these beaches. And when we arrived to the last one, there was a big cliff. So there was not a way to cross. So at that point, we decided, okay, let's go back. And when we were coming back, Three men 
just appear from like the edge of the cliff and they just came towards us. And it's this feeling that you already know, oh, you feel the intentions. I, I've always been very, very sensitive, very intuitive. And it was that sure. sense of like, oh, this is not good. Not good. And then, yeah, it was true. They came to us and they started to take everything away from us. And I and I want to to um, make some some clarity. Some, I like this contrast because the the guy I was dating at the time was uh, really like a bodybuilder, all muscly. And I bring this. I will tell you why in a minute. But this is interesting how life shows symbols in in everything. So he was very strong, and I would do this skinny, little, scrawny, 90-pound girl, and the guy pushes it to the sand, and they tied our hands, and they took everything from us, and it's when the boyfriend I had at the time started screaming, don't do anything to her, don't do anything to her. Up to that point, I never thought that other than taking everything from us, they were going to do anything else. And I'm standing there, and I start to feel this horror. Of course, now I'm going to be raped. Who knows what is happening? And they put a, a, a piece of glass in his neck. They, they were cutting his neck, they puncturing his neck. And I'm like, I do not want to see this thing. And I turn my head and look at the horizon. Oh, Susan, when I look at this horizon, this is another thing. The fear of death after my near death experience was gone. Wow. But this is the proof. This was the, the, the validation that that fear was truly gone. Because I didn't know how free of this feeling I was until I had this experience. So what happened is I turn my head, I look at the horizon. And at this moment when we're about to be killed and destroyed, Oh, I look in this, oh, this beautiful, beautiful sun oh and the ocean. Hard to imagine. I felt the sense of peace. I felt the sense, and it's when I reconnected. Again, it's like if I move my dial, and it went back, and I connected. And at that mm -hmm. moment, I all the fear, Susan, the fear was gone. It's like, it's like repeating a little bit what happened in the near that experience back here. Yeah. Experiencing a moment of horror. And all the fear was gone. Everything was gone. And the first thought that crossed my mind was, oh, today is a good day to die. Wow. Wow. I was ready. And then this guy, like 200-pound guy, pushed me to the ground and he lied over me. I could not even feel Susan the weight of his body. I, could, I wasn't in just a state of like surrender, absolute surrender. And then this guy lowered his hand and started like whatever he was about to raise me. And then this is incredible. My hands were tied at the back, but I was able to free one of my hands. And I moved my hand and I grabbed his, he was looking down and I grabbed his jaw and I put his eyes directly in my eyes. And I looked at him. Imagine this moment in which I'm about to be destroyed. And I, with all the peace, all the calmness, I said to him, dear, don't do this to me. And his just, eyes just and my eyes Just that calmly, right? Calmly. Calmly, but yeah. very, um, calmly, but 
how you say, like, um, clear, like to the point. It was like serious. And I look at him and he just, we connected in the eyes. And at that moment, I had the sense, Susan, that we were one. And the guy jumped like a coil. And he said, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. We have to go. And wow, I just, at that moment, I, I realized that all his conditioning was gone. And yeah, I couldn't really understand what happened right there because I, I didn't have the complete awareness. But later in my life, I just completely like understood what happened in that experience. But at that moment, the guy left, and then I, the three guys left. He didn't. They even didn't hesitate to say no to this guy. He was so like we are living, and they left. And I untied my my friend and. This is the other thing that's why I talk about his muscle, his body, because it's incredible how it not matter how strong, how muscly he was, he couldn't do anything. So it's not the fighting, it's not the resistance, it was the surrendering. It was at that moment, and in that specific experience, this crony girl was the one that saved it, <laughs> that, saved, that saved us. And, and so I tell him, hey, we have to go because they're going to come back. And then he just didn't even hesitate to say anything, and we couldn't leave the, the beach. Like I said, it was a coast. One side is the place they left, so we couldn't take that route. And the other side was a very sharp cliff, so we had to climb. And I said to him, we need to climb this wall. And we were young, good I mean, energy body, we climbed, and once we were in the top, we hide in the trees, and I said, hide, coming back. And at that moment, yeah, they came back, and it was when this guy asked me how this is possible, what just happened, why these guys are back, how you knew this, and I said, look, if you didn't believe in guardian angels, this is the time for it. And this changed these guys' lives, because a moment like this, Wow, Carrie, just so much, so much teaching, so much energy, yeah. and and yeah, it was incredible, Susan. How at that moment we like we said we were saved by the light. Yeah, and and your book is full of this kind of story. I just love it, miraculous moments, but they come because you know there's a greater reality. You you touch it regularly, and Ingrid, there's a lot of suffering going on around the world right now. Is, what do you see as uh, is there a purpose to it? Why is it happening? And how can these teachings that you share help people? Yes, Susan, this is incredible because that, that's, that's the other realization about all of these, even that experience in the beach when I supposed to just be angry and maybe resentful about this guy that tried to rape me. At that moment, I, I just, I, I, my, it was the clarity in my mom is really an enemy. Any experience is really an enemy. And when I saw this guy and I felt oneness, I'm like, of course, I was confused at the time, but clarity came over time. I, I like, like all of us, I have gone, many of us, I have gone through many sufferings, many difficulties, many pains. I lived in a war zone for three years. I had a post-traumatic stress disorder and, and there was a moment in my life I fell into very deep depression. So all of us go through so much hardship 
But it's when I realized, Susan, I, I, I ask, I, at the moment, it was a moment in my life when I say I'm done with life. I even thought about suicide and it's when I, I pray very deep and I didn't, I didn't ask for my situations to be changed. I asked for me to have clarity. I said, God help me see because I cannot see. Please help me see with the eyes of clarity. What is this for? Yeah. The moment I, I, I asked that question, I felt that another different door was opening. I wasn't wanting to change the situations. I wanted to understand them. So it's when I uh, received the clear message of going to see these uh, psychologists, the guy, yeah, was the right person. And Susan, I wrote a list of sufferings. He asked me, this is cathartic, let's do this. And he's when he tell me, Ingrid, in the 37 years of practice, I have never seen anybody that have suffered this much and is mentally stable. And he was amazed. And it was the, the moment in which that question I have asked for many years, why me? Why this happened to me? Even when I was little, why this near that experience happened to me? Why nobody understands me? Why I am different? Why this? Why, why, why? And the answer was incredible, Susan, because he said, why not? And yeah. that was a magical moment for me because it was also the moment in which I realized I've been talking to him for one year that he has been listening and how important it is to listen, to be listened and to listen to others. And he started to say, look, Ingrid, he wasn't writing notes, nothing. He just was listening. He said, Ingrid, thanks to this, this. Thanks to this, this happened. Thanks to this. And he started to connect all these knots in my life. And I just, oh, God, at that moment, all my neurons, everything just became clear. And I understood that everything, absolutely everything, Suzanne, has a purpose. And even the guy in the beach brought me to the, the place of oneness. Anything that had happened in my life at that moment, I had the clear realization that it did not happen to me, it happened for me. So I could for be sitting you. at that moment in that office in that space of clarity. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that came is, is the sense of what true for, forgiveness means, Susan. Because usually people think forgiveness is, oh yeah, I forgive you, but I don't, I, I, I really don't forget that. That's that's just the forgiveness of the ego, which, okay, it's, it's okay at some point, but this was the place where I realized that there was nothing to forgive, Susan, because nothing had ever happened to me. It happened for me, just repeating this again, and it was this place where I actually went to the space of gratitude. I'm like, how I can even feel grateful for a guy trying to kill me, or this thing, or this war, or this... Wow, because all that brought me to this moment. And the other incredible thing is that sitting in that office that day, Susan, I have this incredible moment of knowing that none of that was happening to me at that moment. Everything was memories in my mind. At that moment, my only truth, my now, my presence, is that I was sitting in a talking to these psychologists about this subject. That was my only truth. The rest was all in my head. So if everything was in my head, 
was it real? Oh, I could decide at that moment what to do with it. What do I do with this story? How do I want to see these stories? Can I change the way I perceive them and see them differently? That was what I was asking for. God, give me clarity. What is this for? So, so this is when I started to realize it's not the experience, but the purpose behind the experience. To, to see with clarity that there's more than the story. Exactly. Yes, yes. And, and for that, the being so light always said to me, it is important to become an observer of yourself. Because the moment you observe yourself, you have self-awareness. You're, you're, you're knowing where you are, who you are, what you're doing asking yourself these questions and now you start finding purpose in what you think is happening and then now the challenges are not problems the challenges are opportunities to keep growing to keep evolving imagine if there was never a challenge i could just sit in my couch and never move again because what for mm -hmm. but when a challenge comes if i see it as an opportunity it's bringing me to ask a new question what is this for what is this trying to teach me? I know it could be really hard at the moment, but if I open myself to that place of awareness and realize, yes, everything is happening for a reason, so what is this for? What is this trying to show me? Then, oh, now I open a new door for new possibilities, new questions, new answers, seeking something new. So that brings me to evolve, to grow, to correct things within myself I didn't know I have. Yeah, I'm that. so glad you brought that up because it sounds like, oh, you had this near-death experience at two or three years old and you've had this beautiful life, but it really reading your story, you see, you know, 37 years or more of more suffering than your psychologist had ever seen in a person who was still stable. And, and thank you for sharing these beautiful realizations that resulted from that suffering. Yes, yes, you're welcome. I, I put the example, Susan, of a, a bird... I think I, I have a little time, a bird that is in a nest. We and don't have time, say, Ingrid. We have 20 seconds, unfortunately. So oh to, to get that example, I hope people will read your book, A Brightly Guided Light, and check out Life, and check out your YouTube videos because your beautiful energy shines through in everything you do. I thank you so much for sharing with us today. Well, thanks so much for having me here. It's an honor. It's just a blessing and a joy. <laughs> Indeed a joy. Love to all of you. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings 
and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.